0: For the Interrobang, I'm Alex Allen. Alongside me is Mauricio Prado. Constantinos Drossos is now off to Greece, but alongside us for this Red Couch podcast for this episode is our editor, Hannah Theodore. You might know her, might
1: not, maybe. I've been here before. <laughs> Hi guys, how's it going? Going pretty well. How about yourself? I'm doing very well. Sorry, I'm not trying to steal the hosting gig. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> I'll let you do your thing. You guys have been doing such a good job this summer. I know everyone's been watching, keeping up with the podcast. It's been so nice watching you guys just like flourish on this show. I've been having a lot of fun.
0: Glad to hear that. It's awesome to actually have you on here for this episode because I mean, this is quite an interesting episode to talk about for Bill C-18 that's been going on out there. And to kind of quickly explain a little bit for all the viewers that might not know what's going on with Bill C 18, it's actually kind of a negotiation that's going to the table with Google and Meta with Canadian news organizations. And it's kind of things are going south with it. And Meta, with like those social media apps with Instagram and Facebook, they're actually blocking Canadian news to all the Canadians right now. But like, if you're outside of the country in any other country, you can still see our news, but us Canadians can't see it. And even us here for Intero if you go look at our Instagram page, it's blocked. I know I saw, and I, I was blown away to actually see our like our news page get co- like covered up for it. And it seems quite interesting about it. And Hannah, you wanna? express a little bit about that. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, you summed it up really well. So basically, Bill C-18 is a bill that was just recently passed by the Canadian government. And all the bill is asking is for tech giants like Google and Meta to come to the negotiation table to work out a way that Canadian news organizations could see some of the revenue that Google and Meta get right now when Canadians click on news links through their websites. right now news organizations don't see any of that revenue and the bill proposes that they do essentially. Um, Similar bills were attempted in Australia. So you guys might be familiar with this as well. Um, And Meta did the same thing there. They basically in retaliation and in refusal to come to the table and have those discussions. uh, Instead, they block all news on their platforms. So Yeah. Like Alex said, if you were to go to Facebook right now, you would not see any news. You could not post a link to a news website. Um, If you tried, you would get a notification telling you you weren't allowed to do that. Uh, Similarly on Instagram, any kind of page that focuses primarily on news um, is not visible. And so the kicker with this is that Meta has also chosen to include student newspapers um, with the news organizations that they're currently blocking. So that includes us, unfortunately. So you won't see our content on our Instagram page. Like Alex said, if you go to our page right now, it'll just say Canadians can't view this content. Um, and on Facebook, if you search for Interabang, we won't come up. So yeah, it's, uh, it's unfortunate that we've kind of been lumped in with like major news organizations that are being affected by this block. Uh, that meta would also include small-time grassroots student newspapers uh, with very focused audiences, right? Like we cater to a very specific audience. And uh, for our students now who do access our news through Facebook and Instagram, you know, they're now missing out on a way to find out news about campus life. Um, unless they're looking to other places now, like Twitter, perhaps.
0: Mm-hmm. And I mean, as of, I know for August 16th, even when I go to Google search, you can still see in bang, but that might not be into like, that might not be always like that soon.
1: Yeah. So as of right now, Google has not started blocking content, but you know, we kind of anticipate that they will follow in Meta's footsteps and they have threatened to as well. So, you know, that, that, that might come soon and, and, you know, that might affect you, you know, folks watching this video right now. Right. Because Google also owns YouTube, right. So it might also become harder to view news on YouTube, Um, which, yeah, that would also be hugely detrimental for us.
0: Yeah. It, it it almost seems like, it's not a bad thing that's going on, but I guess, like from like perspective of like Google and Meta, it's almost like they having to pay like a tax then if anyone is clicking the links on their social media.
1: yeah, and that's exactly what they are kind of like colloquially referring to it as is a I think they call it a link tax or a click tax, basically, because that's yeah, that's basically what it is. Uh, is the government the money would funnel through the government and the government would sort of. Uh, Hand that money out to news organizations throughout Canada. Um, so yeah, it is a, it is a tax.
2: So so taking into consideration that the majority of our audience, are students, and obviously they use a lot of social media. What are some of the workarounds or, or or alternatives alternatives we will take to spread news among students
1: Yeah. Among our audience? Yeah, that's a, it's a great question. So there are a few options, as I mentioned, we are still on Twitter, um, you know, obviously that comes with a host of its own issues that we're all aware of, but um, you can still view our content on Twitter. Um, you can still go to the Interbang website, right? You could still t- go into your browser and type the and you would be able to go to our website and view all of our content there, um, like on the host website, um, that hasn't changed. Uh, we are still out here. Um, just if you wanted to find us through Instagram or Facebook, you wouldn't be able to do that. The other option is to subscribe to our newsletter, which, you know, we close out every episode of this show and every uh, every episode of our video news roundups. So if you're a, a frequent frequent watcher of our YouTube videos, you know, we are always reminding you to subscribe to our newsletter. That is the quickest way to get stories from us because we send them directly to your email and we send a weekly newsletter. So every week you'll get updated on our top stories. You'll see links to our podcast episodes um, and the video news roundup is also in the newsletter. So one of the things we're looking at is potentially expanding what's going in the newsletter. Um, you know, Right now we kind of have three top stories that we put in there and then you know some links to some of our multimedia content. Maybe it's a matter of, we put more stories in the newsletter. Uh, maybe we have multiple newsletters, right? That kind of speak to different sections of the, of the paper and of our of our website. So those are some of the things we're considering. And lastly, I'll just throw this out there too. Starting next Friday, Interabang is back on the shelves in a physical print format. Um, we know that our students love the physical Interabang. We have amazing pickup at Fanshawe. We're so lucky that people love the print newspaper as much as we do, right? We love putting that paper together. We love, uh, you know, we, we've never let go of print here. Um, other student newspapers have. They've, a lot of them had no choice, unfortunately, um, due to funding issues. They've had to cut back on print. We've always prioritized that. So, you know, that's not going away. Starting in a week, you will be able to pick up your copy of interbang on newsstands, You'll be able to see all of our top stories. You'll be able to hold them in your hands. They're not going anywhere. So there are alternatives. There are alternatives. We're not, we're not going anywhere.
0: Yeah, And it sounds like we need those more than now than ever. Yeah. of These other alternatives, especially having like a physical newspaper now. I know I always love picking them up here for Bang and reading through them and to actually still have a physical copy. It's going to be great. And everyone, there is so many places around Fanshawe that you can go and pick them up. And I think it's something that we just need to keep trying to push forward and look for these other alternative ways because, I mean, we need news. We need things out there for it. And this has been such an interesting discussion that we've been having with this Bill C-18 because it was even a discussion that we were having back in even June. And you were saying you were going to go to this meeting with, I believe you were saying the Senate.
1: Yep. Yeah, so my other job is uh, I'm on the the board for the Canadian University Press, which is the longest running um, coalition of student newspapers across Canada. So we connect uh, student newspapers from colleges and universities um, across the country. Some of that involves sharing content with one one another, uh, keeping in contact with one another, just kind of keeping our eyes on what's going on on other campuses. Um, And so when Bill C-18 was still in its earlier stages, we noticed as an organization that student newspapers are not actually explicitly named in Bill C-18 as a potential benefactor from these discussions with Google and Meta. If you read the definition in the bill of how they describe um, a news organization, most student newspapers do fall under the definition provided. But again, we're not explicitly named. So So there is no revenue? We don't know. We wouldn't know. So that's why we went to the Senate as an organization to say, we should be included. We should be considered. Because we know as student newspapers and you know myself as a member of the cut board, there are student newspapers across Canada that are fighting for funding. We're very lucky here at the Interabang that we have a good relationship with our student union um, and we have a, a product and uh, content that our students enjoy consuming. That's not the case everywhere. That's not the case at every student newspaper. There are some student newspapers that are constantly... Uh, embroiled in conflicts with their student unions um, because they report on things that maybe their student unions don't want them to report on. Um, That can result in funding being cut, that can result in referendums being held that um, pulls funding away from student newspapers. So we recognize that there is a funding issue at the student journalism level, which is why we went to the Senate and said, listen, if you're seeking positive financial outcomes from Google and Meta through Bill C-18, we want to be part of that conversation. And our argument for that was basically that student journalists are journalists, right? We are a very um, key piece of the framework of Canadian journalism, not only because we're reporting on underrepresented audiences, right? Um, student life is not necessarily top of mind for folks that are not students, but for students, it's essential, right? To be aware of what's going on on their campuses, what's going on in their communities with a focus that speaks directly to them. We recognize the importance of that. And then the other piece of it is that student journalists are gonna go out in the world after they graduate to be working journalists, professional journalists, right? So if they're not well supported at the student level, then how do we expect them to come out on the other side and be, um, you know, effective members of the journalism workforce, which we are so desperately in need of, of strong, smart young journalists right now. So that's what we went to the Senate about was just to say, hey, we are an organization that exists, and if you're going to be drafting bills that speak to um, student or that speak to journalism in Canada, then you need to be talking to student journalists, and you need to make sure that we are part of that conversation as well uh, nothing came of that. (laughs) Um, we did not really, you know, we got positive feedback at the time. Um, we liked to think that maybe we caused a little bit of a ruckus just by making sure that they knew that we existed, which was really the whole point of us going there. Um, but you know, ultimately we still are not explicitly named in the bill. So even if Google and Meta were to come to the table, um, there's still no guarantee that we would see uh, positive financial outcomes from that, which makes it doubly frustrating that Meta is blocking our news content right now because we don't even know if we are one of the news organizations that would even benefit from Bill C-18. Yeah.
0: That just sounds so unfair. It is
1: pretty unfair situation.
0: Then we go through this rough situation now and then, yeah, like at the end, it's like, do we actually see any benefits? Cause it, from what you're saying, it sounds like there's a lot of pros over cons from this. And yeah, if we do actually get us some sort of source of revenue from this, it could probably benefit our whole newspaper line and it could actually help out for all these younger journalists to feel like, hey, yeah, I can work on making great content for people to understand what's happening out there in the world. And if they're going to completely cut this off, like what kind of motivation is that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's... um it's, it's sad right now for, you know, as we look ahead to the fall and we're bringing in new hires and, and new students who are going to come and want to write for us. And maybe, maybe they had an interest in social media and crafting news for social media. That's something I'm interested in, right? And that's something I've been trying to grow. Um, as I've, as I've uh, been an editor in this position is how we can reach students where they're at. Right, they're on social media. They're on Instagram. That's where they're getting their news. And so it's been such a key part of my goal to find out how we can reach them there. Right through our multimedia content, even just sharing our news stories through our Instagram page. You know, we we were actively trying to grow those channels, and um, that's kind of been that's kind of been stumped now. So it's discouraging potentially for uh, new writers that are coming into the interabang and it's certainly discouraging for me. Um, and our whole like multimedia team, right? That have been producing vertical videos for us and um, social media teams that have been producing content for those channels. It's like now it can feel very much like we've put a lot of work into, you know, nothing now.
2: And And also to take into consideration that a lot of journalist students, we feel that, for example, me, in my personal um, case, I'm an international student. And when I got my first story published that went through the re- revision of Hannah, um, I got so excited that I even shared it on my Facebook and my Instagram. So people can read that, can know that my, my work is being published. So the fact that I can no, long, no longer share with my friends the stories I'm, re- I'm writing over my social media it's a little bit frustrating and the the majority of people don't like to take the extra steps to publish it on another platform, something like that. So it's something that at the end is going to result in more frustration among journalists, students or people or general people, bloggers that want to get um, news spread out.
1: That's a great point. Like I, for example, I was on CBC morning yesterday talking about this same topic, and I tried to post on my Instagram that I was going to be there, and if people wanted to listen, here's where they could go, and as I went to post the link, I got notified that, no, you can't post this link, actually. This is, it's blocked, so I couldn't even post the link to CBC on my Instagram to share the fact that I was going to be there, Um, so... And and you make a good point too about like sharing with friends and family. Like, there are some folks that are solely on Twitter. Are, are, sorry, sorry, solely on Facebook. Um, like, my dad doesn't use Twitter, right? He doesn't know how that works. My 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 grandma, who wants to see what I'm working on, doesn't have TikTok, right? Which is these are the alternatives that certain news pages are talking about now, right? Going to Twitter and TikTok instead, like. That's not, that's not feasible for every member of our audience, every member of our families or people we want to see, you know, the work that we're creating. So on a personal level, yeah, it's, it's, it's also taking away that, that part of what we do, which is that, you know, we're journalists and we're proud of the work that we're creating and we want people to see it. We want to share it. And losing avenues with which to do that, that's, that's you know, it's just discouraging.
0: It is discouraging. 'Cause and I, I think Google and Meta really just need to come to realization and maybe they should really kind of look at what YouTube is doing and even Twitch. I know Twitch is a little kind of wishy-washy there, but it's going down to exactly YouTube, the monetization. They saw that these amount of viewerships that were getting put out there, and then when they started putting ads on everything, they were making a lot of money. And All those content creators out there right away, yeah, like they saw YouTube, they were they were not playing around with it. They gave all those content creators the proper amount of money. Even though it's like a 70%, 30%, like only YouTube takes 30% away and the content creators walk away with 70%. It's still showing that there's a source of revenue that they're gonna get from these. And I think that's really what's just coming down to the line for. For Google and Meta, that if they're going to keep doing this type of, type of way, it's like where's this money going? Where's where it going off to?
1: Yeah, you make a good point. Kind of mentioning like content creators on YouTube because you know I I I've, I've been like a YouTube watcher for many years. That was that took a long time, right? But you, what ultimately led to those negotiations was collective action, right? And those content creators coming together to acknowledge an unfairness and working together to get what they felt they deserved from YouTube as a platform. That might not have happened and it took several years for that level of collective action to to take shape the way that it did. You know, I think that's what we have to start looking at here at the journalism level is how can we work together um, as Canadian news organizations as a whole with the Canadian government so that we do start to see funding being put in the right places, at the end of the day, we might have competition with each other. Local news outlets are always competing to be first and among student newspapers even, right? Like there are rivalries that exist, but at the end of the day, we all are seeking the same thing, which is stability in this industry, right? And knowing that the time that we're putting in, especially as student journalists, is not in vain because it's it it's, it's it's hard right now i think and and a lot of young journalists are seeing what's what's happening in the world of journalism in canada they're seeing the cuts they're seeing the layoffs they're seeing the you know funding being pulled across the board and that might deter them from seeking out work in this industry and if if this is how meta and google are going to play with this and these major tech giants that that can't see how giving up a portion of their revenue could potentially benefit an industry that desperately needs it then that's that's why the government is stepping in right that's why we as journalists need to need to come to a, an agreement and an understanding that this, this could be beneficial. Right. So let's, let's work together, you know?
2: And, and in other words, and in other words, um, you know, everything is data, right? So let me just, let me just tell you this, this little story. My first, um, my first written story that I posted on DX, which, um, it was an assignment from my teacher, Lisa Green, I posted on DX, and everybody was expecting like a lot of views and all that. Right? The thing is that I posted that same link once the story was posted on DX on Facebook and on Instagram, and the story was about um, how mental health, how playing an instrument can help you um, work around depression and mental health. Right? So I posted it there. Then uh, a doctor on Facebook shared that same link on on and put me a comment. Um, that it was a good article. Then another person shared over Twitter. So at the end of the, I'm not bragging about this, but my story was the one who, who had the, like 900 views. So at the end of the day, for me as a journalist, my first story got like 980 views, more than everybody else. And I was so happy because I was honestly thinking that people really like about what I write. So there, is, there was like that feeling of getting if you want something, you want to do it more, right? So, um, if if uh, with all these um, things going on on Facebook, that means imagine if that assignment was assigned today, and I will post that on 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 Facebook tomorrow, it wouldn't be there. I probably wouldn't get half of the views I got. So it's 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 a little bit frustrating. And Hannah was was saying a, a really important point: the majority of people knowing how tough if special international people, um, uh, how tough the the industry is, they probably going to search for another career or program, which is disappointing because we need the truth. We need to storytell news.
1: I think that's a great note to end it on, honestly, because at the end of the day, we need people coming to us from social media platforms. That's how they're finding us. That's how they found your story. Sharing is caring. And if we can't share our stuff, then we're missing out, we're missing traffic, we're missing audience, and that's unfortunate.
0: Yeah, it was a perfect way to end all of this because yeah, it's just exactly what both you guys are saying. We all need to sort of come together onto this and hopefully we can keep pushing forward to get the content that needs to be put out there to, to everyone here in Canada. And anyone... Anyway, thank you for listening to this other episode on the Red Couch podcast. You can catch up with every episode on our website or where you catch our podcasts, or you can subscribe to our newsletter, which will be a very big thing now to do. Really, please subscribe. Subscribe to the newsletter. <laughs> and to keep up with all things fanshaw. For the Interabang, I'm Alex Allen.